this is the first experience that I had in the whole cyber ad advocacy thing. And I feel a lot of people have welcomed the opportunity because this, this came out of left of field for a lot of people. Like the same way DevOps came in, suddenly everyone's, oh, we are agile. And everyone in the office like, what's agile? I mean, waterfall. What the hell is agile? Welcome to the DevSec for Scale podcast, the show that makes security a first-class citizen for growing companies. My name is Jeremy Hest, Head of Developer Relations at Achilles, the secrets management SaaS platform. This interview podcast brings security experts and practitioners together to offer practical and actionable ways for small and growing companies to implement security best practices using shift left principles without interrupting developer life cycles. Welcome back everyone to DevSec for Scale podcast. My name is Jeremy Hess. I'm head of DevRel at Achilles, and with me today is a really awesome guest I've been waiting for a long time to have on, Ashish Rajan. And Ashish, you are the host of the Cloud Security Podcast, an awesome podcast that everyone should be listening to if they're in this space. And you're also the CISO at PageUp People. So first of all, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, today, we're going to be talking about something a little bit different, right? Not necessarily specifically developer security, but cyber advocacy. You know, this is something that you've been talking with a lot of people about and something that you're really interested in. And I thought, you know what, let's take a little bit of a break from just talking about deep developer security aspects. And let's get a little bit into something that maybe I have a little bit of familiarity with, right? I come from sort of that community developer relations field and you really thinking about it from a cyber perspective. So before we get into a little more about you uh, and what you're doing on a daily basis, why don't you just tell us a little bit about how do you see the current state of cyber advocacy? Uh, thank you for that great question. And uh, thanks for having me as well here. So I'll probably start with this. Traditionally developer advocacy has been targeted really well, especially in the product-led growth space, where there's a lot of developers who probably need to adopt the tool before they can even start working on it. The places where a security product fails usually is there is no one advocating it from a security perspective, with a security background. Now, traditionally, developer advocates have been from a developer background, which is amazing for products that need to be adopted by developers. But for products that are meant for security people, there is no one advocating it. And I, I think I'll probably take the example of the space that I am in personally myself. So even though I work as a CISO and I run a podcast over the weekend, which is Cloud Security Podcast, I talk primarily about cloud security. And most of our audience is cybersecurity audience. And there are developers in there as well. So don't get me wrong, there's a mix for everyone wants to do security right. But I definitely find that I probably am probably one of the only ones who's trying to do cyber advocacy from a cloud security perspective. And I'm sure there could be many more in other fields as well, but I feel the current state is, there's only one person doing it in my mind, which is me. <laughs> but I, I imagine there will be a lot more and I would love for them to reach out and probably talk more about it. But at the moment, as it stands, the advocacy is primarily run in the developer space from a security product perspective, which is great. No one's talking about advocacy from, hey, we should get more cloud security people or we should have more cybersecurity people talk more about why is the problem important to solve in a way that builds community. And we have all these security conferences. We have Black Hat, we have DEF CON. It's all surrounded by security community. And why not just have some advocacy also as part of that community building process that, hey, we have found this problem and this is how we solve it. It doesn't have to be a paid solution. Can we have really, because expectation these days from a cybersecurity person, at least in the cloud security space, is that you would know some kind of coding as well. So if you can automate 
I don't know, solving a problem in the cloud space and automate that for someone. I can't imagine any cybersecurity person out there going, you know what, thank you. I don't want that. I just want to go back to my next, next, next view. So I feel that's something that is needed. Uh, and I, I'm hoping conversations like what we, you and I are having over here, and hopefully some of the work that I do in the future would help promote the cyber advocacy. Awesome. Yeah. And we're definitely going to talk a little bit more about things like how you see cyber advocacy actually happening. And when we get to that, well, you know, a little bit later, but let's start with uh, a little bit more about you. So why don't you Ashish, tell us a little bit about what you're doing on a regular basis, um, you know, both from the podcast aspect, as well as your CISO role. Sure. I have been in the cybersecurity space for almost 15 years. And I know I don't look that old, but I have tried to be across most of the cybersecurity space as much as possible. And that's kind of what led me down a CISO route. And I currently do my nine to five as a CISO for page up people. And on my nine to five, my nine to five is over on the weekends. I run a live stream for a podcast for a cloud security podcast. And I think we get about at the moment, as of a couple of weeks ago, we get about 16,000 viewers per episode, which is Super grateful for it was something Amazing. that we started. I know but it was something that we started as part of my escape for pandemic. Literally, my wife found me talking to my dog during the lockdown that Melbourne had. And she said, why not just talk to a mic instead of talking to a dog? And uh, that's what led to Cloud Security <laughs> Podcast because that's the only thing I knew. And I was working on cloud security space at that point in time. That was uh, three years ago. And that was wow. start with zero listeners. So yeah, that's my little background. Amazing. Wonderful. Well, it's great to see the growing uh, audience that you have uh, for the Cloud Security Podcast. And I wish you really all the best of luck and continue to grow that and pushing cyber advocacy as well along with it. Uh, so, so let's continue, you know, back where we left off. Um, I want to understand a little bit more about, you know, the relationship between, let's say, developer advocacy and cyber advocacy. So we know that developer advocacy is a big thing, right? developer relations, developer advocates, there are a lot of us out there. Um, and, you know, we love doing what we do. Uh, what do you see is like, why do you believe that or see that, you know, something like developer advocacy is such a big deal and that cyber advocacy just doesn't have the same, you know, feel to it? Like, what, what is it that's, you know, not pushing us to have more cybersecurity advocates? I believe the answer lies in one word, in DevOps. And the reason for this is DevOps triggered the notion that, hey, developers are doing security. So we need to bring in developers. We need to bring them up together with operations. And then the whole DevSecOps happened where, hey, hey, don't forget security. We need security in there as well. So that became DevSecOps. Now, while this movement was going on in the technology side, that's what, in my opinion, led down the path of creating something called the developer economy, for lack of a better word. And that developer economy needed to be educated on what maybe maybe the best product-led products that you could have thought of in terms of not just in terms of security, but a broader performance. Take, take any field for that matter at these days. Everyone has some kind of advocacy, especially if their end user is a developer. Now, it's good when you have the focus on developers. It helps you grow in organizations where developers are the ones leading the charge. Now, in an enterprise where primarily the cybersecurity team is driving, driving the initiatives, driving uh, programs for cybersecurity, they want to join in the dev DevOps and DevSecOps platforms as well. But for them, in their mind, I believe it's like, oh, if I want to be 
a cybersecurity advocate, if I want to use that word loosely, I have to be a DevOps person or a DevSecOps person. That's kind of like the closest thing that we have for advocacy, where someone from a cybersecurity background becomes a DevSecOps person, goes and gives a couple of talks. Suddenly, that person is doing advocacy for security people in development space. And that's kind of what happened with me. When I, I gave a talk at DevSecOps Boston a few years ago, pre-pandemic, and I was talking about DevSecOps, but I'm a cybersecurity person first. Then I started adopting, adopt, uh, or, like, I love the principle of, automation. I love the principle of not repeating myself. So I can, I basically write a script for it. I learned all of that. I didn't have to be a DevOps person for it. I didn't have a DevOps role per se for a long time. And I was able to bring that into the security thing. So it wasn't obviously welcome at the beginning because DevOps was still as a, as a movement was still catching on. But now I feel it's the right time for us to start talking about, hey, we've been doing developer advocacy for over five, six years now. And we love the fact that we can build communities in development. Uh, we can build communities that are working with security, educate them about, even, in fact, the fact in certain programs, the whole security champions program is based on the fact that you're trying to find security champions inside the developer space. The same way they're trying to find advocates in our side as well so that they have development initiatives and they want someone who understands that, okay, I understand the development aspect, but someone needs to make this move forward from a security perspective and you won't advocate for that in your organization. So there is the organization angle for advocacy from cyber perspective where the DevOps of the world comes together and cybersecurity and development can work together on using a security product to produce code, which is faster. Now that's the, enterprise and the customer angle. The product side angle as well is that there are a lot of developers that are now transitioning over to AppSec roles, DevSecOps roles, or DevOps people who are moving into that role as well. Now they require guidance, which is probably more from a developer-led security rather than a, hey, we are cybersecurity. You should have done CISSP, uh, CEH, uh, CompTIA Security Plus, and all of that big thing that comes in. I probably disagree uh, to some extent with, from that because I feel like cybersecurity skills are probably easy to learn for anyone, but you still need to teach them. Like for example, if someone's walking out of their house, they lock their door. Now, I don't have to tell you the cybersecurity thing, but technically that's what you're trying to do in your office as well. When you walk away from your desktop, there's a reason why people say lock your computers or close the door behind you when you leave the office so no one else goes in. This is all cybersecurity. Like I don't have, to, I'm not trying to recreate something, but it's just about drawing parallels from, hey, you already do this. And this is just something that you have to start noticing a bit more and be more aware of. I think that's where advocacy for me is kind of leading down the path of, but I'll, I'm definitely curious as to, I'm, am I the only one starting having this conversation and maybe you're seeing something at your side as well in the advocacy world you're doing? Well, I'm not seeing as much in terms of, so that's actually a question that came up when I, you, in my head as you were speaking about this is, well, you see a lot of cyber people sort of moving into developer roles, DevOps roles, DevSec roles. So that kind of brings this issue of a, a larger issue, I think, of in an organization. Well, where does cyber end and dev start? Or where does dev end and cyber start? Right? Like, Where's that delineation? It seems like a very thin line. I guess, you know, the clear, uh, one of the clear differences might be physical security, like you were talking about, locking your doors, locking the computer. Um, but when it comes to dealing with an application, 
and application security, where does a, a cybersecurity person sit, you know, when it comes to that? Because then they'll just say, no, my our whole all of our processes are built so that our applications are secured with the you know DevSec ops team, you know, everyone's sitting together, everyone's working together, and we're building in security into our products. Um, so uh, you know, I guess that's sort of more like on my mind is like a, a bigger question. And, and if we kind of are able to answer sort of, well, where where does cyber, you know, really sit um, in, in that hierarchy or in that whatever you want to call it, uh, an organizational, uh, you know, field, how does it, then you can sort of get to the question of, okay, well, let's talk about how advocacy would work for uh, cybersecurity. That's a pretty good question. And I think I'll probably say, I guess, first of all, from an organization perspective, the goals probably would still be the same, uh, whether you're a cybersecurity person or a development uh, role, you still have to produce features and products uh, that are, I guess, from a business perspective, making, um, rev generating revenue for the, for the organization and keeping them secure. The line I would draw is at the moment, I, I still feel it's quite, in the initial stages, like for example, governance is still primarily cybersecurity. The, when it comes to compliance, yes, developers can help out with it, but I can't imagine a developer to be a expert in ISO 27001 or SOC 2. That's way out of their role. Like it, I would not even, like, I think it's different when you say, use the example of DevSecOps and say the role of security over there is to make it super easy for the adoption of security in a CI CD pipeline or make it super easy that the default choices is to have HTTPS on the website or have encryption turned on. Like, I feel like the abstraction would be a lot more unclear in the DevSecOps space, whereas in the governance layer and maybe in the operation side where there are specialized roles or maybe even from a research perspective as well, there are certain fields which probably are very cybersecurity and would have their clear delineation. But in the DevSecOps space, and maybe to some extent, even the, in the cloud security space as well, where most of the stuff is moving from, say, initially we started with infrastructure as code, where we manage servers, then we moved on to PaaS, which is platform as a service, where the Amazon, Azure of the world are managing the entire platform. And all we are doing is basically putting our applications on it. Same way, if you go even further, most people are using SaaS applications these days for that, like where does security really sit in that point in time? You've basically given your security to the SaaS provider. And mm -hmm. so I definitely find that the most disruption in the thinking of where the line is between cybersecurity and development is probably being uh, fought out for lack of a better word in the DevSecOps space and the DevOps space. Whereas the governance space, as well as the operations uh, assurance space, like there are other spaces which probably would need a lot longer for them to be so abstracted that the developers don't even have to think about. Yeah, and threat modeling and things like that yeah, would be, you know, yeah. like you have more. Different. Absolutely. So this is, I mean, super interesting conversation. And I think uh, we'll try and even unpack uh, more of it if we can. Um, but before we do that, I have a question that's more related to sort of like the reaction and how, you know, cybersecurity engineers might feel 
towards or what the reaction might be towards advocates, right? Because of course, developers, probably at the beginning, developers didn't really kind of get, okay, well, you're a developer, right? And be like, well, not really a developer. I kind of do talks and I write blog posts and I write a bit of code and I, you know, help with feature releases and, and checking things like that. And then developer relations advocacy just became a thing, right? It became a very big thing and a super important thing to really meld that, you know, between like developers and somewhat marketing in a way, right? You know, like wink, wink, it's kind of sort of like, we're still going to tell you who we are, what we do, but we're going to do it in a way that you understand. And that makes you excited to work with us and work with our products. And of course we love open source and all that. So developers, you know, they sort of now just kind of take it as a given, I think. And the question I guess I have is more, would, would cyber and security experts, uh, you know, have a similar reaction? Do you think that they'd be open? Do you think they're ready for something like cyber advocacy? I think they are, but may not be ready for the title, I guess. So to what you said earlier, when DevRel started, it was like, kind of, what are you doing exactly? I don't know. Like you, you sound like me, you look like me, you do kind of do the work that I do as well, but you have this label on you, which makes you an advocate. Are you like one of those, uh, what's the word that used to be this uh, distinguished Evan- engineer? Evangelist, I don't know. Evangelist, distinguished engineer, and you're like- but Distinguished engineer, yeah. Yeah, so it's almost like, uh, what, what? so I think a lot of people kind of uh, used to shy away from the whole advocacy thing from that same perspective that, oh, I don't want to be marked as a sales and marketing person. And I don't think anything wrong with it because I also feel not every developer can do DevRel because there's a certain personality type. Like a lot of people would just be comfortable doing blogs and they're only happy to do a personal blog. Totally fine. They might, some people may have a bit more of a personality and, oh, I want to go and do talks as well. And there are different subsets of profile. I'm obviously generalizing quite a bit. I feel like DevRel is set of uh, experience uh, awesome people who have this unique knack, not just to be technical, but at the same time, educate other people, build communities. And like that's a very different soft skill, right? This is nothing to do with technology. It's a soft skill, which is on the foundation of the fact that I am a technical person, whether I'm a cybersecurity technical person or whether I'm a developer, I have this unique skill that I can connect with Jeremy on the other side of the world, but I can also connect with another Ashish who probably is starting off his career or maybe a, uh, another female colleague or, and you, you kind of have to imagine these people are trying to connect the dots in a way that the developers can do their job easily in a way that there is less friction, which is what everyone wants. And I feel cybersecurity is also going through that phase where there are a lot of questions that are unanswered. I, and I probably keep coming back to the cloud security thing because there wasn't anything and I don't think there is still anything in the cloud security space that is doing anything cloud security apart from us. And probably I would love for more people to join in and start creating more content around cloud security. But this is the first experience that I had in the whole cyber advocacy thing. And I feel a lot of people have welcomed the opportunity because this, this came out of left of field for a lot of people. Like the same way DevOps came in, suddenly everyone's, oh, we are agile. And everyone in the office like, what's agile? I know waterfall. What the hell is agile? And so everyone learned together. They used to be, I remember for people who would have gone through digital transformation, they used to have these agile workshops. And as if the whole concept was, let's teach people how to do agile. And 
Similarly, the same thing for cyber does exist as well. There's a lot of training programs that exist, but they don't really call them advocacy, even though it's the same thing. Right. We're still going for talks. We're still speaking at conferences. We're still running community events. Like I used to run, and I still run DevSecOps meetup for Melbourne. I was part of the DevSecOps London meetup as well. So it's all around you, but we just don't have a label for it. And I feel I'm going to pioneer this cyber, cyber advocacy thing because I probably am the only one talking about it. So advocately, I guess, to lack of a better word, uh, I probably feel that it would be welcomed. It's just that it doesn't have a label yet. But once start people hearing, say, this episode and some of the other posts that I'm working on to make sure people understand, hey, there is a need for cyber advocacy. It's just yeah. that there's no label for it yet. The same way people went on DevOps first, but then, hey, hey we need DevSecOps as well. So I feel like that's going to happen for cyber advocacy as well. Hopefully I can become the first uh, cloud security advocate as well. And they could be as officially a cloud security advocate. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, actually, while you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, yeah, I mean, if I go back and I think to myself, what's out there now, it's a lot of um, let's talk to CISO X and CISO Y about, you know, these bigger ideas and, and all that. But it's not talking about how you really explain you know, more nitty gritty about, you know, hands-on, how things are done, how we can make processes better. It's more just kind of like, you know, and there's a lot of great uh, shows out there, whether it's podcasts or, you know, or conferences and all that, that are, are really, but they're really talking about sort of high level. So the advocacy, I think needs to distill that sort of theoretical information into like, let's talk about actually dealing with the way we're working and the processes that we're using. Uh, and that really is something that, yeah, I think you have a, a real shot at, at being able to sort of pioneer here, which would be really, really cool to see. Um, and getting in actually brings me to my, my next uh, question, which actually is if you had to create the first cyber advocacy position, right, yeah. what would that actually look like? So I'm going to use the cloud security advocate example here uh, because I think that's probably the most realistic at this current point in time because governance and operations are not there yet. I feel cloud security would be the first one to get into the space uh, for, for a couple of reasons because there's already a lot of evangelism going on in the space from inside organizations where people are trying to teach security people how to do uh, cloud, cloud security. And similarly, there's advocacy going on from the security team for the developer teams to, hey, this is why you do cloud security. Look at all the uh, work we're doing to make your job easy. So if I were to make a role for a cloud security advocate and uh, if I were to go down that path, I probably would go down the path of, uh, I guess, having a mix of uh, the theoretical concept in terms of what we are trying to do within that space. Why, why is that space even a thing? and then go a layer deeper for say, I'm just gonna use the most popular three clouds that we know of, Amazon, Azure, uh, Google Cloud. I probably would just literally create technical content in that space, solving real life problems in there, uh, link up to a lot of open source repos that are out there already in the market. And if I have use cases for making these available to other people where they can simply click on a button, if they prefer clicking on a button and just using it, Happy to, uh, I think that kind of a space. So someone who's going for this role, A, would need to be a bit technical to write some kind of, like doesn't have to be a developer, but if you come from a development background, even, even better, but you're trying to build communities and teach people about cloud security. So having knowledge about cloud is good. Having knowledge on how to automate stuff is good. 
and the other part is probably the more important part is the soft skill part where it's being okay to say come in podcasts like these talk to yourself and other talented podcasts like yourself as well and then talk to say events organize organize events talk at conferences about the advocacy talk at uh, folks from uh, the meetups that go on as well nowadays is like tons of webinar and i feel like the webinar word is butchered to the point every time someone hears a webinar they're like oh, it's a sales pitch mm-hmm. it yeah. is definitely a sales pitch it's like i'm not going to the what so maybe hopefully change that definition as well for cybersecurity people considering we do live in a very hybrid first world so maybe opening up themselves to the fact that hey uh, what are some of the like i think that's one of the reason i started doing live stream was i didn't want the whole barrier that oh there's a webinar and someone has to pay money or have to go through this hoop of signing up for it you just get the content you use it for however you want it but the idea is you want to build a community which is educated in this space and has all the resources that they need to make themselves successful so uh, i mean it doesn't have to be cloud security maybe tomorrow this could be governance and security operations as well but the first version i think would come out from cloud security so if anyone's interested i would definitely be love to love to talk to you <laughs> that's great yeah it's really about taking a lot of also the internal learnings of you know what you're doing uh you know at your position and kind of bringing it out into the world to show people yeah. like here are some of the things that i've learned about from what i've done and it would be really cool to implement this and maybe even create your own little open source project from some of these things that you've been doing and say, Hey, let's all get out there and, and, you know, join together and make this, you know, a stronger thing. I I found that there's this one piece of a puzzle between, you know, where, where the cloud, you know, where we spinning up machines and from there to where you get to uh, actually, you know, getting your application live and, you know, deployed, there's, there's one part that I really feel is super important and it's very, very security specific. So it's not just like developer oriented per se, but it's very security, um, whether it's compliance or whatever it is and say, look, let's put that out into the world. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's build it together. And uh, yeah. those are, I think they're really, really cool opportunities there. Some really fantastic uh, things can be done, I think, in that space. Um, <laughs> so uh, continuing on to, you know, my final question for the podcast, what advice do you have for anyone considering getting into security and cyber from a, a developer background, right? So like the opposite, right? So usually we're talking about, well, it's a, a develop, you know, a, a, someone from security getting into, you know, developer, but what about the opposite? What if we're looking for developers that are really looking into trying, you know, this is more interesting to me somehow. And what would you, you know, how would you, you know, explain that and get them into it? So a developer trying to get into cybersecurity? Yeah. I think the easiest one to start would be to see if you can collaborate with your existing cybersecurity team, if you have one. I would be really surprised if you are a developer in a company and you'd go to a cybersecurity team in your organization and say, hey, I want to help out. Let's talk about, I don't know, CICD pipeline or securing your cloud build or securing the SDLC, software development lifecycle. I feel like, uh, it would probably end easier. <laughs> it sounds sounds uh, a bit uh, naive to say this, but I feel like it's easy to move from development to cybersecurity. It's hard from move to moving from cybersecurity into development. I that's my take on it. If you're not from a development background, because if you look at the 
I think there was a stat that I was reading. Majority people in cybersecurity started with network security sysadmin roles. If you think about the broadly speaking, the network security jobs or sysadmin jobs were primarily what became cybersecurity. Obviously, they went down pen testing or some kind of a security engineer role, but most security engineers used to be sysadmins at some point. Or you should do manage firewalls at some point. Now, all of those people are now security engineers and have some automation skills, but maybe not the right ones to choose for Java programming or .NET programming. So if you are from that background, I can imagine it'd be really hard to learn a language from scratch, especially these days when there's like multiple versions of JavaScript released every other day. It's like there was someone else talking about a new version of JavaScript. I'm like, how many are there? There seems to be hundreds these days. So if you pick one, I would probably say uh, from a development perspective, you obviously are with, with an advantage in this case. So I'll probably just start with that. Now, if you don't have a cybersecurity team in your organization that you're working at, I probably would say start doing cybersecurity. Like this, uh, obviously you can reach out to people in the industry like myself and others. And Jeremy, I'm sure you'll be able to help out as well. The idea is to be able to find opportunities where you can hone your security skills and show that to the organization. And maybe once you've done a couple of, solved a couple of problems, go to a conference, security conference, talk to them about this. I bet you, you will have a hundred people at least walking up to you and going, hey, I love the talk. I would love to talk more about this problem that I'm having as well. So you, if you want to get immersed in cybersecurity, those are two probably the easiest ways. However, if you're starting your career absolute zero, I probably would go try and learn cloud security uh, as a developer who's just starting off. I think that's probably still a field where the barrier to entry is quite low. And a majority of cybersecurity professionals out there are still learning about cloud security. So you would be in good mix. You might even attend a training and you might find people around you are all cybersecurity professionals and just go make some friends and maybe uh, try and see how you can help them out with cybersecurity as well. So that would be some of my ways of getting into security for as a developer right now. Awesome. Yeah. And maybe could take some courses as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah always, always an easier thing. You know, I mean, it's all online. You can get it done anytime. It, it brings me back to an interesting thought that I had about, well, do, do we just trust like, you know, you have the big clouds and all that, the providers is like, do we just trust them with like security, right? You just, you know, like you're a developer. And so like, you're like, well, I have to get, you know, my feature done and I have to, you know, push it to production. We need to get it done by tomorrow. And yeah. so you're not thinking, do you just kind of assume that your cloud provider, you know, has whatever security is in place in order to know, right? You have to do a lot more. There's always more to learn. There's always more to do. Um, and then, so I, it really does, I think, behoove all developers to really make sure that they're at least putting a little bit of their efforts into looking at the security aspects of what they're building. Yeah, yeah, 100%. On the money there as well. The whole shared responsibility that most cloud service providers slap on people that, hey, that was not us. That was you. You were responsible for this. So uh, like if, every time you hear of a data breach and it has something to do with some kind of an online storage, all the cloud service provider, well, you were supposed to do it. That's not our responsibility. If you left your Dropbox on the internet, that's not my fault. So exactly. it's basically that's kind of the approach. So yeah, you're right. Developers kind of need to be aware for it as well. Maybe cyber, cyber advocates could do that for them. 
Exactly right. Again, see, this is there's different ways that you can really just kind of become part of something where you find whatever it is, that little niche in, in something that really is kind of eating at you. And you're saying, well, this needs to be solved. We need a better way. So yep. it's uh, really that classic way of looking at problems. And I think that there's a lot, a lot here that could be done. So, uh, Ashish, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, please let everybody know where they can reach you. Yeah, uh, well, the, the podcast could be found on www.cloudsecuritypodcast.tv. That is Cloud Security Podcast. If you search for us on most of, pod, most of the podcast medium and YouTube, you'll probably find us. Uh, and that's where you find me hanging out as well. But otherwise, if you want to reach out for any cyber advocacy questions, you can reach out Ashish Rajan on LinkedIn as well. So I think usually I normally tell people just Google me, you'll find me. Just go, yeah, absolutely. I've done it a few times and you're the first one to pop up. So all good. That. Really fantastic to have you on this show. And Ashish, I hope we get to meet in person soon. Uh, thank you so, so much. Have a really great evening and uh, we will be in touch hopefully in the future for another podcast. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being on. Have a good one. You too.